Welcome to the second half. I'm your host, Melanie Kenneman, and I'm excited to spend the next hour with you interviewing some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of people put a lot of weight in the first half of any game, and what they don't realize, it's actually in the second half. The things that you do, the actions you take, the mindset you have that sets you up to win or fail at anything that you do or at any game. Today we feature Jean Arant. He is an amazing, amazing entrepreneur, mega agent, dominates a particular part of Austin, Texas, and is one of the most wonderful human beings. And I'm really, really excited to introduce to you today the amazing Jean Arant. Jean, I've watched your career. You know, when I got to Austin, you know, 12 and a half years ago, you were already a big deal. Uh, so I didn't see you at your very beginning stages, but I've also seen you grow tremendously in those 12 years. I've been in Austin. I, I've had you in a lot of, you know, career visioning classes, and we've done, a, we've had a lot of conversations through the years of different stuff. But I'm just so honored about who you, like how you show up in the world. I think you're just a, one of the most humble people I know, and you're massively successful, and you're a family man, you're a kind person and you're all the things and you're so dedicated to the art of, of what you do. So I'm really excited to have a conversation and what I would like to share, because one of the things I got to do with you in one of my career visioning classes, remember, we were just talking about this before we went live, is remember when I said, hey, Gene, can I do your life story in front of the room? Remember that? Yes, of course. <laughs> and what was your answer? You don't want to do that. It's boring. You're like, yeah, you're like, no, it's boring. There are so many other interest, more interesting people in the room. And I was like, uh, I beg to differ. So we do your life story and the whole room is just like wowed by you because on paper, if we want to talk about KPAs or these personality assessments we have at Keller Williams that are so amazing that make us different from all the other companies, you know, at the time it would have been ABA, but the KPA, you know, technically you weren't like the quote unquote typical match for a mega agent, right? Not even close. Nope. Not even close. And so, and, and, and yet, and yet, and all, all that is people make too many judgments around those, right? That the KPA is a tool for people to better understand people. It's not to judge people or put them in categories, but after that life story, had I had not had that conversation with you in the room about your journey, you know, people would have no idea who you are. So I think, yeah, you're, you're just an incredible guy. So I'm hoping we can give a little bit about that to the audience today, because I'm very excited about you being my guest today. So thanks for being here. My pleasure. Well, let's start with who are you? Let's start with who are you? Who Who is yes. you? Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, see, 52 year old who has three kids, empty nester. I have a daughter who just graduated last year in San Diego and she is selling real estate in San Diego. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I didn't know that. Yes. And a, for her. a senior at AM and then a son that is just launched in San Diego as a freshman. So, um, he just went there because she was there and he loved it. And, you know, I was going to say, you can't I mean, blame it is a great place. You can't blame him. I mean, once you've been to Southern California, you can understand why, you know? Yes. Uh, and then Susan and I have been together for 32 years. Um, wow. And so we've been, and I've been in real estate, right? This just entered my 30th year. Oh my gosh. 23 of those years, the last 23 years with Keller Williams. That's amazing. Okay. Let's back up before that. what did you do? Where'd you grow up? I was initially in Michigan, and then 1981, we moved to Texas, and then um, just went to high school at Westwood here in Austin, and then went into junior college, or really community college, Austin Community College, 
And then Susan and I had saved up and we bought our first house and doing that process, I uh, really kind of liked the liked it and didn't really have a career path of where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And fortunately, she had a job at an insurance company so she could support me. So uh, my first year, I think I made $11,000. How old were you? I was 22. Okay. So what made you guys pick Austin? Um, it was just by luck, honestly. Uh, you know, I moved here. My parents came here because my dad was in construction in the North was dying. And so he came and instantly had work. And then Susan, her parents, her mom and stepdad, he was kind of semi-retired military. We worked on helicopters. So he came here to work at the base. Okay. In high school, she moved here and we met between her junior and senior year in high school. So then, so you're going to Austin Community College and then you decide, like, what made you get into real estate though? I just knew common sense, you know, not the smartest guy, but decent and common sense. I just, a lot of people that I had met or read about or this or that had built wealth through real estate and whether they owned it, whether they um, invested in it. And so started reading some books and said, you know what, let's see if we can figure out how to buy an investment property. Um, but realistically, we didn't have that much money. We we're trying to do the no money down thing. Met a broker. He said, man, you, you seem like you'd be good at this. You know, I'd, I'd sponsor you if you want to get your real estate license. And I was like, you'll sponsor me? I felt so special. Well, it turned out he was uh, an alcoholic. His office was in his, his, was in his home. And he woke up at noon. And um, really no training. No, it was not a, it was not a good thing. Not not the role model you were looking for. No, not at all. I did not pick a winner there. Did you start with him? Did you actually start yeah. with his company? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was with him for, I sold a couple of properties to friends. And then the second property I sold was out by Lake Travis. And the broker that was on the other side of that, um, I got to know. And we ended up buying our second home out in that direction and interviewed with them and was with a small boutique for six years before I joined joined KW. Okay, awesome. And what? Um, let's talk about what your team looks like today. Tell tell us what your team looks like and what kind of production you did either last year or whatever numbers you want to share with us. Sure. Uh, last year we sold 140 homes, did about 120 million. Um, so we have a decent sale price. Our average sale price is over 800,000. We have four agents on the team, two inside salespeople, a client care manager. Um, Susan also works on the back end, um, training, leading, and then we have a concierge mm. and then two virtual assistants. I love it. You know, when you, when you hear, think about 120 million though, I think that people would think that that's a lot bigger of a team. And what I hear you saying, there's a lot of infrastructure there, right? You have a lot of infrastructure and, and supportive staff and only four agents. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what we talk about around here is changing lives through real estate and so that's both for the team members and for our clients. So in order to be able to do that and bring the experience that we want to bring, we've got to have, you know, I've got to have some people around that can really, um, really specialize and in, in, in bonus on relationships with people. I love that. And that's what you consider your support staff to really have a big focus on. Yes. Yeah. It's all about contribution, you know, getting into bold and all that coming from contribution that has been a. Uh, it's a very big part of our business, what we talk about. It sure is. Yeah, that's a big thing for you guys. And I and I love that you brought up bold. And I want to talk about that with you a little bit as well. But I want to stay on this for a second. So because a lot of people think that they need to grow, like to hit the numbers they want to hit, they think they have to have a ton of agents, right? Like they need to have, 
20 agents or whatever, and, and it, yet with four agents in the right supportive staff, you can have a really big business, right? 100%. Yeah, it's, it's about being productive, not um, having a lot of people around you. Yeah, it's not, it's the, it's the quality, not the quantity, right? 100%. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about that because, you know, you are kind of the bold poster child and we have this theme going. My, my last guest was Scott Toombs and Scott is going to be our bold coach in October. And I, again, I'm trying to not make this timely, but so that anybody can listen at any time. However, um, you know, we were talking about the market right now and, and how, like, if not bold, then what, like, then, then sure. what, right? Because, you're seeing the numbers, it's challenging. And, and let's talk about like the market and why, well, number one, what Bull did for you. And then I want to talk about the changes that you've recently needed to make when the when the market shifted. So let's sure. just talk about how, your story a little bit about Bull, because I think that's a really, really cool story. You know, with Bold, you know, I took that in 2009 for the first time and it was, you know, we we're in the Great Recession and the market had really just stopped and was just, nobody was selling anything. And I went from October because the stock market in 2008 in October just took a big old dump. It was bad. Just all my cans, all my um, under contracts canceled. Mm. I didn't sell another house until March of 2009. And we, I still, I started bold in that time frame. and doing that, that was really when the first time that I got better clarity on mindset. So when I'm calling somebody, I'm really clear that how I can help them. Um, that I'm there to bring contribution. I'm there to be a, a, a resource versus uh, so I think a lot of people get on the phones and they're like, I'm bothering people. And so they have to realize, you know, they've got a, they've got a choice. Either they stay top of mind in people's minds and be a resource and, and be a great realtor, a fiduciary for them, or the, they don't make the calls and those people end up possibly with a really horrible situation or a bad realtor or not a very good experience that you could have helped alleviate in the sense of, you know, staying in touch. So getting your mindset around that, obviously skill set you work a lot on, right? You work your skill set a ton and bold. And then just the action, you know, real estate's a contact sport, right? Gary says it all the time. And so making those 20 contacts a day, five days a week, all of a sudden in 2009, my business doubled in 2010. I went, you know, I doubled my GCI from 400,000 to 800,000. And then the next year I did it again, I went to 1.6 million, which that was the first time I built one over a million. And so, and that was a small team. That was one buyer's agent, one assistant, and then one virtual assistant. And so, um, you know, in doing that, it just changed the trajectory of my business, how I do it, how I teach other people to do it. Um, and then I just, with that, I kept taking bold over and over and over again, as you know, right. And so and it's just, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, you play all in too. Yeah, you have to. So it's just really work on your skill set, mindset, and making and doing the actions. And then the business came and it just, you know, it launched us in a whole nother world. Well, I think one of the things that's really important from that time, and, you know, Diana used to talk about this a lot, that you were this, what, $400,000 producer, no, what was it? A, whatever. Yeah. She said it number, another number, but you were like maxed at the 400000 I forget how she said it. But it was something about the bold experience that, like you said, and I've heard you say this, that it just kept you in the, like you said, the skill set, the, it kept you really focused on the activity right in front of you that brings actually the results, right? And that's why you've yeah. come back and, and 
I didn't know that from October, 2008 to March, 2009, you didn't even have a closing. Mm -mm. Nope. And I had two or three kids at home and wow. it was like, yeah, it was, it was a little, it was a little shaky for sure. That's, and that's, that's, that was tough. And so, and then, and then bold came into your life and I, bold only worked because you did the work, right? Like, let's not get okay. ourselves. We all know it worked because you worked and, and it's like anything in life, you got to show up and do the work. And then all of a sudden you get in this environment where you're doing these activities every day, right? And all of a sudden, like you said, then year over year, you just started going from 400,000. Now you had the breakthrough to 800 and then it went to 1.6, right? And I think, I think that's really interesting because you can have coaches, you can have all the things, you can go to the seminars, but unless you're in this incubator environment of accountability and you, and you play all in, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? You see life's changed in that room when the people are ready to change. Yes, exactly. But you have to be willing to change, right? So yep. how did you, how did, so for you, was it a matter of just getting the whole coming from contribution changed? Because it's also the conversation you have, right? You have to, you're right. It's a lot of mind play. It's a lot of like, I have to, you know, get myself going so I can actually go make the calls and all that stuff. So, so did you shift that early on or is that more of a recent thing in the last few years that you, that you had this coming from contribution? Like I want to help the people because I know that I'm going to have their best interests in mind. I know I'm the best agent to help them. Like, was that your... Was that your mindset from pretty early on or did that come later? You know, I think I just naturally had a certain amount of ethical responsibility that I wanted to help people. Um, and I wasn't ever really going after the, the commission, even though obviously that was important. Um, but Bowl put it in a whole different perspective, right? You really concentrate on what's important to you and how you can grow your business. And, and when you realize that you just keep bringing um, value. And, and one thing that felt comfortable for me too, is that I could make the phone call when I made the phone call, if I brought value in the phone call, then it felt great to hang up and call them back a month later. Right. Um, so I was always asking the questions of how I can help you, what, what's going on in your life. Um, you know, the interesting thing is that doing it in 2009 and taking it over and over and over again, and again, you know, taking it over 20 times at this point, and so, but you're, you're right. It, it kept me, what I noticed when I took it the first time had a great success, but I really started going back to my old habits, right? Pretty quickly. I was busy. And then all of a sudden my natural habits were to pull back and that's just who I, how I was built. And so that's when I jumped back into bold and then boom, had success again. And I'm like, okay, I need to keep doing this right now until I can reprogram myself not to fall back into not making the phone calls thinking, oh, okay, I've got several things on the books. I don't have to keep you know, going. And so it really just reconditioned my brain to create a, a new consistency in lead generation that I'd never had before. And then the skill set came with that. And the blessing that it, that it that came out of that was when you're talking about coming from contribution and in the Great Recession, people are losing their homes. People are, are coming to closing with money, big checks. You know, I tell the story, I sold a house in Pflugerville for $150,000 and they came to closing with $24,000. And oh they gosh. had to borrow it from their parents, right? Wow. They had to borrow it. And so if, you, if, you, if, if I wasn't there to help a certain amount of people that I could help, they, a lot of people have lost their homes, wouldn't have made good decisions, would have overpriced things. So just, you know, getting your skill set right. So today's market, 
I'm back into the market. I've been out of the market in the sense for five years with, you know, with the team taking listings and helping buyers. Now I'm back on helping sellers make right decisions because it's a transitional market. And so I was really the only one in the skill set in the team to really understand how do you go from motivation and only work with the motivated because you can, I can list a lot of properties, uh, but it's going to put me out of business because we know on average, we spend about $4,600 per listing uh, in order to be able to pre-market it, market it, stage it, whatever it is, pictures, video, man hours. And so I put myself out of business real quick if, I, if I'm not selling anything and I'm just listing something. And so, um, you know, having that skill set that came out of that time frame, um, helping people in a really terrible time, set me up for today's newest market. Yeah, I love that you brought that up, um, Gene, because it was a skill market back in the day, right? And it, when when you and I kind of got going in the market and you had to have this skill set and it's like, that was the norm. And anybody that didn't have this skill set, they weren't doing any business, right? And so now you fast forward to today, we're back in that. It's just different. It's a different market. It's not exactly the same because it's more interest rate driven and other reasons what's happening in the economy, but very different. You know, it's not a housing crash per se, but it's different, but the skill set is back. And so I just want to make sure that our listeners just heard you had been, you'd been leveraged out of the business. You had replaced yourself. You were like that seven level almost, you know, cause I, I think you're still the CEO, right? So you're probably level yeah. six. Yes, level six. Okay, level six, and you're still running the team, but you're just not going on appointments anymore, right? Um, you right. hadn't done that in five years. And now when the market shifted, when did it shift for you mo mostly? Was it about last uh, May? This time last year, we really started seeing it changing. And then we really started getting lean and mean on our on our expenses through the fall of last year. And then the beginning of the year, it was just the listings weren't coming. Things weren't selling. We were negative cash flowing. And I'm like, okay, I've got to get back in here. I've got to feel it. I got to talk to the clients. I have to hear the objections one-on-one. -on -one. So I knew, you know, how I could lead the team on how to best help people. Yeah. So you step back in and you're, you're doing the listings now. Correct. Yep. I've yeah. gone on 80 listings and taken, I think 60, 60 or so, so far this year. And that's, there's a lot more I could have taken. Again, it's just, it doesn't make sense. You know, the motivation doesn't match the market. Yeah. If the motivation doesn't match the market, that's really tricky. And I love that you know what the cost per listing is for you, right? Because if it's $4,600 per listing and, you know, we talk about listings, you know, listings is that where it's at and it is, we, we will never go away from it, but it's the motivated listings, the people that actually, you know, want to sell that will have the home price right in the condition that it needs to be in to sell. Right. Um, those are all the things that come into play. So you think about carrying 10 listings at a time. I mean, at your cost per thing, that's $46,000 out of pocket at any given time. Yep. Yep. And it's all on the front end. You know, you don't get paid until it closes. So exactly. So how, what are some of the things that you look for on listings you'll take on? Like, well, how can we help sellers decide if they gonna, they're going to move forward or not right now in this market? Uh, it's really just going deep into their motivation. Like what's best for them. Like I have a um, somebody I met with this past week, they bought their house last year. Um, I think it was $440,000. Um, and today's market's about 400. So they're, they're going to lose about, well, I guess they paid 420 because minus commissions, about $40,000 loss. No, they sold their house last year and made a ton of money when they bought this one. Uh, the thing is, is that he is now working in South Austin to San Antonio every day. And he lives in Georgetown. So he's driving an hour 
plus every day and driving back an hour plus every day. And he doesn't foresee that changing at any time in the next few years. And so we're just looking at it going, okay, yes, you're going to take a loss here. However, down here in this new construction, we can see the builders, they used to be priced here. Now they're priced here. So you're winning in that sense. Yes, the interest rate's higher than it was last year, but not crazy. We can work, the, build, we, the builders are working some incentives on interest rates, right? So it's really coming back going, okay, what's most important to you? Mm-hmm. Spending, getting three hours back a day, day after day after day, it's 15 hours a week of your life or not losing $40,000 in your house. So, you know, that's in front of the room. And, and so some people are like, there's no way I'm losing money in the house. And they're yeah. not going to move. And you're not going to change their mind. And I'm not going to list it for something that, that is going to not sell. So, however, I do believe that in my skill set and having a conversation with him, he understands that, you know what? Uh, two years from now, that $40,000 is not going to feel like a loss, right? It's going to feel like a great gain because I've gotten so much time back from my family. Well, what's the quality of the time exactly that you're missing with your family and, and that driving time, right? Like what is, what is that value? And I, and I love that, but here's the thing is <clears throat> had he not had a Gina Ron in his life to help him like see through that and make that decision, he might not have done it, right? He might've just said, oh, I'm not going to lose the money. I'm just going to stay. And then the quality of life and things can happen, whatever, right? Um, yep. So, but that's again, where that skill set comes into play. Yep. And it's just, you know, the, the older you get, especially going into my 50s, I realize time is really important. And when you're younger, you think you've got so much of it. As the older you get, you realize, you know what, you can't get it back. And so the more I can guide people to really be uh, put that as a priority for them and their families and, and themselves and their health, you know, the better I feel. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What other things do you, are you doing differently right now when the market shifted for you? Here in Austin, I mean, you got back into sales. Anything else that you're doing differently? Did you have to cut back on any staff or anything like that? Did you? Uh, we did that mostly in the. We did that mostly in the fall. There's a couple of things that we really analyzed and got rid of. Uh, you know, I think one thing that was important is I've got a maps coach, and so we've been. And he's been, you know, he tracks our business. And in in May, he said, "Hey, starting June 1st, do you want to with my other coaching clients have a competition?" and do 45 listings in 90 days. And I'm like, heck yeah, I need that. I need a goal like that. And so uh, we just finished that, you know, um, July 31st, we ended up with 35 listings. And so we didn't hit the 45. However, we took more listings in a, in a three month than we'd, than we'd done all year. And so we just recommitted and launched a new one, you know, as of, as of September 1st. And so, but the reason, so the way that was powerful is that he actually got on a group Zoom with the team and he said, hey, we're going to, Gene and I are talking about this challenge and we're going to, let's write out all the positive things that would happen if, if you hit the 45 listings, right? And so obviously the you know, obvious one's income, right? It's camaraderie. Uh, everybody gets to keep their job on the team. Um, you know, uh, listings breed more listings, bring more buyers, um, just the energy is going to be better. Fear is going to leave the building. You know, we just went on and on and on and on. It was just something that brought us all together and looked at it and go, okay, why would we not do this? Right. And so 
anyway, that was just a powerful exercise that, you know, again, I'm like, oh, I wish I would came up with it, but that's why he gets paid the big bucks to coach. Me. Well, that's why you have a coach, right? They help us see our blind spots. Did you say 45 listings in 45 days was the challenge? 90 days. Okay. I thought you said 90. Okay. 45. Okay. 45 listings in 90 days and you hit 35. Now, when you, when you took those listings, did it change at all your standard? Did it change at all your standard? Because we just talked about, you know, you don't take every listing because every listing, I mean, that's 35 times 4,600. Sure. So those yeah. are obviously all listings. Yeah. You to sell. Did that change at all for you? No, or? no, no. We still talk about sellability in yeah. that sense. It, I think what changed is that, you know, in the kitchen here, it's on the board, right? We know exactly how many listings we have. We know how, who took them. We know, you know, what, what are, how far are we are on our goal? Are we tracking ahead of our goal? in the sense of, you know, basically we need a listing every two days, right? And so are we tracking ahead? Are we a day behind? Are we two days behind? Are we four days ahead? Um, and then everybody knows when we take a new listing and everybody's excited, right? And so before it was like, you know, I came back with a new listing and maybe the team knew about it. Maybe they didn't, you know, for a day or two. So um, anyway, so just everybody get behind each other. Uh, well, I love that. And that's something about when you get everybody, how do you get everybody on the same page? Gary Keller always says that, right? If there isn't one page for us all to get on. And part of that is knowing what's happening and knowing, you know, when you are bringing in a listing and celebrating it or when something sells or whatever, right? And I think I think that getting the, because we all have ownership and anybody in your world, right, has ownership on the success or failure of the team, right? 100%. Yeah. And, and the more you lead with that, the, the, the more impactful it is, you know, cause it's, it's a, we thing, right. It's a, like Gary talked about me go and we go kind of thing. That's it. Like it's me all go. we went together. Well, okay. Me my go. question, my question, Gene, that I ask all my guests is what does playing to win look like for you? Um, playing to win to me is, you know, a consistency in, in having enough conversations with people that, they're winning and you're winning and, you know, working on, it, it's one thing to show up and go to work and kind of move around and um, have some conversations. It's another thing to show up intentional with, you already know who you're going to call. You already know the message of the market. You know how to bring value. Um, and that just takes time to work on it and skill set. And so, you know, playing to win is just doing that consistently day after day after day. Um, you know, we've had team members that could do it for a day or two and then disappear for a day or two and then show up a day or two. And then, you know, and it shows up and we can actually we actually track all of our all of our dials, our contacts, our appointments. And so if somebody has a goal of making 100 contacts a week and say uh, and and say, you know, two appointments or four appointments or five appointments. Um, but just simply by looking at their dials to their contacts, and if they only hit 50 contacts, so they're only at 50% of their goal, they're usually at 50% of their income goal. It just translates right down. And so they can just see it. So there's a dashboard that we go over with each person and just saying, here, here's your dashboard. You're at 30% of your goal this week. How are you going to get that up? Because that means you're going to, you're at 30% of your, 37% of your income that you're going to earn. And so just being focused on that, because it's it's really simple. It's just that it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many distractions today, what, 20, 30,000 distractions a day that are filtered through just, in, you know, phone, whatever. Yeah. And so how are you going to protect two to three hours a day to make sure that you consistently touch people in a meaningful way that when they think of real estate, they think of you. That's it. 
Gina Rant, when I think about a word that I would describe you, one of them would be consistency. No doubt, right? You you are such a great role model of consistency. How do you how do you because again, when you bring people into your world, you don't know until they show up and live with you and work with you, like how they're really going to show up, right? How do you create that environment of, like you said, they'll show up for two days and do it, and then they're gone for two days? Like, how do you create an environment that that, you know, like you said, that transparency, I believe, you know, is the, is the answer, but consistency is one of your greatest gifts. Consistency and the skills that you have. How is how do you, how do you how do you lead with that? Right. So we, um, as you know, we 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 um, joined a place and, and have that platform, right? And so we already had an agent launch. And so we took our agent launch, took their agent launch. And now in order for you to join our team, you have a seven-day boot camp of all these things you have to do before you start day one. And so a chunk of the time, people are like, hey, yeah, I want to join your team. Great, here you go. Just start doing these things, put this together, You know, gather 200 people so you can get them into, into the database. And they, and they call and go, yeah, I just don't think this is a match. Right. And so then when they join the team, if they've done all that, then they've got 90 days of a pretty intense. Here's the things you have to do. Here's the things you have to learn. Here's your buyer presentation. Here's how you test out of the buyer presentation before you get a buyer lead. Here's the listing presentation. Here's how you test out a listing presentation before you get a listing lead. So it's just now we put all the pressure on the front end and you make it through that front end. You're going to be golden because that means you've got the grit, you got the desire to get out there and learn, touch people, make contacts. You know, that's 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 where we've changed things over the years, where we realized hoping somebody shows up in a powerful way and has grit has now been eliminated. You don't even get you don't even get to show up day one if you haven't done. Wow. The- that's intense. I love that. That is so cool because you have to show up, right? You have to. I love that. Go through the seven day training, you know, with, with all the tasks and the different things. And so how many people do you think actually make it to that point that you think you want to hire to your team and actually make it to actually getting the invitation to join because they jump through all those hurdles for you? So the ones that get invited, first of all, um, you know, we go through dozens of people that we talk to before we even get to that. And it's about, I would say 30%, you know, 30% make it through the first week. So and it, when you say, when you, and I want to bring something back about consistency, I, I was born and in in, 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 in put into a situation where I did work at a young age for a long time. So I have a work ethic, right? Yeah. Um, however, my willpower and my self-sabotage is still real, right? And so I've only got so much willpower and I have a certain amount of self-sabotage. And so, you know, you and I have a mutual friend, Tony DeSello, who was coaching me back, back then. And when, when my career launched, and things really took off after the, uh, in 2013, when the recession was finally over and I had all, I had 15 listings on the market and they sold the same day. I mean, the same month, they all sold one month. Wow. The market changed overnight. It was like, holy crap. Yeah. We're so back. By June, <laughs> by June, I'd made more money that year that's in the first half of the year than I did the previous year in 2012. And so I was like, holy crap, man, I really kicked butt. I think I need some time off. I think I need to take a month. Maybe I'd like, maybe go to Europe for a month. I mean, it'd be you know, and Tony's like, Gene, you're self-sabotaging yourself. You are absolutely self-sabotaging the second half of the year. And so he made me realize that by looking up and going, you know what, that is my pattern. 
my pattern as a real estate agent for at that point, at least 15 years had been get some things under contract, back off my lead gen or try to figure out how to find a, a new client and then go, oh crap, I'm feeling a little nervous about my future income and get back into it, hustle and do open houses and all that. And so by getting into consistency of the lead gen, they eliminated that. There is no valleys. I don't have the, now, don't get me wrong, there are some, but 90% of the time, I'm very even, income's there. I don't have to worry about, you know, what next month looks like. So, um, and it really comes down to 20 conversations a day. That's it. If I could say anything to anybody, please just have 20 meaningful real estate conversations today and then do it again tomorrow and then do it again tomorrow. And then what's going to show up two months from now or two weeks from now is a crap little work because people are going to be calling you back and you then you have to create a new system and then you keep doing it and then you have to create a new system because you have so many people that want to talk to you about real estate. That's so good. Um, I wrote down willpower and self-sabotage um, in creating that, like, like you didn't just naturally have that consistency in you. And I, and I think because people, people can't really relate sometimes to people that are at your level of production and how successful you are. And they're like, oh, you know, he's doing all this stuff and he's done it forever and all this stuff. So there, people make reasons why they don't relate to that. And so I, I love how transparent you are on that, on, on willpower and self-sabotaging yourself. Like, you know that about yourself. And I think we right. can, all can relate to that. And we, we have this, um, Gosh, so many of us have it. I, if if not all of us, I think unless we've really disciplined ourselves, but we 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 have this false illusion that we got this right because now things are happening and, and somehow we got that airplane off the ground, so we never need to use that again, right? Because because now we're just gonna fly, 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 but we forget. Oh wait, you have to tank the plane, or you mm -hmm. have to even a Tesla, you have to charge it, right? You you have to keep consistent on that, right, to have those kind of results. So for you, every morning from nine to eleven you're in there and, and just by creating that bunker for yourself you're you're avoiding all self-sabotaging temptations or or having reasons why it's not going to work for you and that's why gary keller always says right do the first thing in the morning you know if that's your energy in the morning do it first get up and and go and get that done and you have the whole rest of the day yes 100 and i don't and i have no willpower in the afternoon i have no willpower it, it dies after two o'clock. And so that's why I work out before I go to the, you know, the office because I have no willpower. My wife, four or five o'clock, she's off to the gym. I have like, there ain't no way. I am so done. Yeah. There's no way you'd have to drag me to the gym for me to go at five o'clock in the afternoon. Some people are great, but for me, I got to get up early, get it knocked out and then start my day. And then sure, I might fade quicker in the afternoon, but I just don't have the willpower. And I know yeah. that. And you know that, and you know that, and everybody, some people are like, oh, I just can't do the morning thing. I'm a terrible morning person, but I get all my energy after two o'clock. Great. Then build it. Whatever it is, it's, it's be consistent and set yourself up. So you don't self-sabotage. You don't come up with, you know, cause you know, as the day goes, I personally believe that as the day goes, you know, this fire comes out, you know, you got a closing, you got to jump through hoops for whatever. There's always reasons to yep. not do something. But if you make it so clear, like when you and I are, you know, took us a couple months to find a spot that worked for you to do this with me and the time that worked for you, 
it's just a non-negotiable. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know, I know that about you. Yes, absolutely. We'll do 11 o'clock, anything to get time with, with Gina Ron, but, but the 20, it comes down to 20 convos a day, which is ironic that it leads back to the bold stories. What we started on is the environment that set you up was that consistency of seven weeks in a room where you had people to report to, and you had people to say, I did it or I didn't do it. Yep. Yep. There's kind of accountability there. Yep. And that was, you know, I paid for it, right? I spent $800 to go into a room for, to be held accountable to make phone calls and to work on my skill set and to practice my conversations with a role play partner, right? And so, and just by doing that consistently for a couple of years, it changed the trajectory of my business forever. Amazing how that you can't throw anything at me, any kind of objection that I can't overcome. Yeah. It's just not possible. I believe that. I believe, yeah. I believe that. I so, and I see it and you live that. You know, for the last few minutes that we have, I would love to talk about, you know, I know that coming from contributions really important to you. Um and do you want to do you want to share a little bit about why that's important to you and how that's just such a part of who you are? I really am so blessed that you know, I got a great wife, great family. Being in Austin, Texas, it, you know, was a blessing. You know, there's a really big book out right now, um, the Almanac by Novel Ravikant. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but he's, he talks about it in there. And I've shared this with my kids that people spend so much time, they, they don't spend enough time when, you know, you get out of college or get whatever in picking the city that you're going to go to and the employer that you're going to work for. And Gary talks about, you know, he's never, he's always worked for a millionaire, right? So he's blessed that he, he worked for somebody who was a big thinker or whatever. And so that sets a trajectory for the rest of your, uh, often for the rest of your career as to what city you just happen to end up in. And so I just got so freaking lucky that I was in Austin, Texas, that was just, it's always been doubling in population every 20 years since in the year 1900. So for 120 years, the freaking city keeps doubling in size. That means there's a lot of buyers and sellers that keep showing up. As long as the Austin Board of Realtors doesn't keep doubling in size, I'm okay with that. I I just, you know, things could have been a lot different. And my natural tendencies of, of you know, being a little lazy here, a little that or whatever. And my mom, you know, meeting uh, my stepdad in a bar and, you know, and growing up with this alcoholic who was not the best dad, but hell, he put me to work. And so we worked and worked. And so... I could sit there and go, you know what? I didn't have a very good dad. Um, and that sucked. And, and man, life could have been better if I would have had somebody encouraging me. But on the other side, I can look at him and go, you know what? I don't know how not to work. The dude just put it in me. And so I, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to, you know, I may not be the smartest, but I'm probably going to outwork you. And so that that is my blessing. So you got a choice, right? We all have our choices of how we look at any situation, good or bad. And so you can choose it to learn from it, move forward. Or you can sit there and sulk and just freaking die in, in misery. So I don't know. I was just blessed with just crap rolling off my back and be able to move forward. And so I realized that and it's a gift and I'm just going to, you know, be thankful for it. Is that why you think you're so giving to other people though and stuff and, and why you're such a, you're just such a natural, like giver to people. I mean, if anybody needs anything, you know, like, and you give to your community big time, you're such a family guy. Like, do you think that's where you learned all that? Because no one taught you that because you just seem to me like somebody that's a, like contributions, a big thing for you. Oh, it's just something there that just says, you know, it's not about me. It's there's, and believe me, 
Gina Ron, Gina Ron team, da, 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 da. There's plenty of branding. It's all about me. Don't get me wrong in that sense. Um, but there, there's, I don't know. It just gives me a, a good feeling. I to tell people if I could be, you know, people say, well, if you could do anything, what would you do? If I could do anything, I'd be freaking Oprah Winfrey. I would just be able to say their people's names, say something about their book and change their life, right? Know, Load up yeah. a car, buy them a new house, help their kids go to college. I mean, that I think that I think she's got the best job in the whole world. Now, yeah. where did she come from, right? I mean, her story is amazing. Like she's talking about grit. I mean, she's she's got 20 times the grit I've ever had. So, but anyway. So that someday that that that's gonna be my job. When, when you were a little boy growing up where you grew up and in this environment that you're in, did you ever have dreams of being uh, successful to the level that you are today? Oh, I think somehow or another, I thought it was possible. I didn't really know what that looked like or how it would get there. And, and again, I think that's why I'm so, I, I wouldn't say, that's why I, I'm, I'm appreciative is because I can see how easily I could have gone just down this other road and man, it just, you know, the opportunity, you know, cause I don't have a college education and quite frankly, I don't tell people this, but I don't even have a high school education. I'm one credit short of, of having a high school diploma. I don't even have a GED. And it's just like, you know, I don't, I think I've told my family that, but you know, it's just one of those things that at this point now it's kind of like a badge of honor. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I didn't finish high school. But I did go to college. That's the crazy thing. I, will, I, I, I will, made my way into Austin Community College by saying I was going to go finish that last credit. I just never did. I was going to ask how you were able to pull that one off and get into ACC, right? And you just, yeah. because already then you had great persuasive skills uh, mm. on how to, how to move people forward because you got yourself in that classroom. You know, I just love your story so much. And this is why I wanted the world to get to know you because I think you're one of the most humble, consistent uh, people. And, and one thing I just want to publicly also just applaud you for is your loyalty to Keller Williams. And, um, you know, I, same here, people say, how could I, how could I be a team leader for 16 years, right? When the average team leader is two years in, I have such great loyalty to this company because I was talented before I came to Keller Williams and yet I'm a different, I've become a different person in all the things around me at Keller Williams. Right. Mm -hmm. And I see that in you and I see how, you know, I know that you get hit up all the time to go here and you've been offered all kinds of stuff. And you and I have talked about some of the rumors, <laughs> right? And you're like, it's not true. So I just want to thank you because I think there's a, I tell people there's such a, I don't know, there's such an honor about being loyal to the people that help you become who, who you are. I just, I just really, I value that about you greatly. Yeah. And again, talking about right, right place, right time, right? Austin, Texas, hundred percent. What a blessing that I got to be part of the bold pilot program because it was because Keller Williams started in Austin, Texas. So yeah. I got to, I got to be a guinea pig, and so the guinea pig worked, right? It was, and so holy crap, you know, to see the company when I joined, it was nine thousand agents, and now it's I don't know how many hundreds of thousand, you know, one hundred eighty, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and just again, what a man, you know that that is so cool. That is so cool that I, you know, that I had that opportunity. But yeah, the company itself, Gary writing the book, just laying out the millionaire real estate agent book, and just you know the, just the the Bible of our industry, and really of any sales industry, you know, should be reading that book and just saying, hey, how do I implement this? And so, 
Uh, it comes down to math. Do you understand the math? Once you understand the math about how to build your business, how many contacts to make, conversations to have, listing appointments to go on, closings to have, all that fun stuff, average sale price, boom, boom, boom. You know, then it comes down to skill set. How are you going to actually get those conversions? And we talk about 20 conversations a day. I don't have to have 20 conversations a day anymore. My conversations today are, are, are way more skilled than they were 10 years ago, right? Right. I didn't yeah. have five, five or 10. And, I, and I've, already, I've already pulled, you know, multiple, multiple appointments or future appointments out of the conversations of going down a path of not just this one person, but who else do they know that I should know, right? Or, you know, how else can I bring value to somebody else that you know that could, would enjoy working with us like we work with you? And so, um, and so going back, somebody starting off, they may not be 20 conversations a day. They may be 50. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Their conversion could be completely different, right? It could be 30, 40, 50. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it's only for a matter of time until they have enough mind share or there's enough people when they think of real estate, they think of you. Yeah. That's so, that's so cool. And that's, that's working towards mastery, right? When you've done this so long and, and you're consistent and you're doing, you're doing it every day. Like, like you said, there's no objection somebody could throw at you that you couldn't handle. So uh, I just wanted, I just wanted to tell you, I admire you greatly for that. And I think there's a lot of really amazing people with big lives and, and it's because of what they've done, but it's also, I love that they show gratitude to the environment that they're in. And, and you're somebody at the very top of that list um, that I, I really appreciate about you. What are, what's your last thought that you'd like to share with our listeners today on anything at all? I think one thing that I keep seeing over and over again, you know, I've heard it throughout life, but it just seems like it's resonating really strong right now is it's all about short-term pain for long-term gain, period short term short term pain for long term gain and you know i grew up 100% wanting something shiny and new and this and that and and um not wanting to wait for it and you know credit cards and you know different things like that um but later in life you realize you know what it's about you're going to appreciate it more by by being putting a little pain into it in the front end and on the back end. It's just like working out, right? It's spend an hour, 45 minutes a day. It sucks. Nobody loves doing it. Very few people just love going to work out or gym or cardio or whatever it is. But man, long term, your life is going to be the quality of life is going to be so much better, right? Same thing with food. Like, oh man, that chocolate cake looks awesome. Short term, it's going to feel great, but long term, it's going to kick your butt. And you're going to have diabetes and you're just not going to have quality of life. So you have to make those decisions. Short term, it hurts to get up and lead generate. Long term, holy crap, I've got a lot, I got a lot of lifelong clients that are going to continue to send me business. But I have to I gotta have that short-term pain during the day, which is one to two hours to three hours of consistent conversations about real estate. Short-term pain for long-term gain. I love that concept so much because it's the it's the immediate sacrifices we make and the decisions that we take every day um, that actually lead to our future and how that shows up. And so I, I love the the discipline that he has and the simplicity of how he's really gone on to build this massive, massive 
business from literally just showing up, doing the work and prioritizing what matters most. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And I love his story so much because he's not overcomplicated and he's just the most grounded, humble person. And, you know, he's just a wonderful ambassador for what's possible in our industry. So I, I trust that you enjoyed this episode. I hope it inspired you. Gina Ron, thank you so much for being my guest. And I'll see you on the next episode of The Second Half. <laughs>